0: Thank you all for coming out. My name is Nick Marshall. I'm the manager of exhibitions and public programs here at the George Easton Museum. Today's Focus 45 presentation is with Jared Case. Jared is our uh, curator of moving image exhibitions. And he's one responsible for putting together the Dryden calendar. Uh, Him and his team of colleagues are responsible for the Nitrate Picture Show, and a lot of the really great programming that we do, or all of the really great programming that we do uh, in the Dryden Theater, Um, and is also the lead curator of the current Art of Warner Brothers exhibition. So I hope all of you had a chance to enjoy that. If you haven't yet, uh, feel free to take a look after the talk. The Focus 45 series is a monthly series that we do uh, where we have different uh, staff members or uh, people who are uh, using our collections for research, and uh, they come to the Focus 45s and they present on their research or different kind of unique projects that are going on around the museum uh, so that the public knows about the things that are going on behind kind of closed doors here. So it's a really unique opportunity for you all to learn about different things that we're doing here institutionally. Uh, in this case, you're going to get a little bit of a sneak peek at some stuff that's coming up in the future. Um, so thank you all for coming. And I'm going to turn it over to Jared. Please welcome Jared Case.
1: I said I don't have to introduce myself, because that's normally what we do at the Dryden Theater. But uh, I am Jared Case, and as Nick said, uh, as of <coughs> film exhibitions, I'm in charge of putting together and making sure that everything happens at the Dryden Theater, uh, and this was planned before we knew that we were closing. However, it is nice that uh, we have this sort of motion picture-focused talk happening while the Dryden is closed. So... We've been working hard. Um, October has already gone to press, so we know what's playing then. And I'm just about done with November and December, so I can tell you a little bit about what's coming.
0: Jared,
1: oh, can get closer to the microphone? I I feel like I'm going to wander around anyway, so uh, maybe I'll just take the microphone with me. I'm used to walking around. Um, the reason I called it the Never Ending Exhibition is because uh, doing shows five or six nights a week, there are certain series that we put together and they're conceptual, they have an idea behind them, but you can also find connections curatorially between films from different series or along uh, much longer periods of time, such as uh, with the director Hirokazu Koreeda. We played one of his most recent films last summer which led into the big hype that he got for Shoplifters, which came out at the end of last year, and we played uh, here as one of our films in March, and leading into another film that we're bringing in, uh, one of his older films uh, this fall, as part of the Voyages and Discovery series. So really, curatorially, what you're thinking about when you're making connections between pieces, is that those pieces are seen in in fairly close proximity and you see the connections, or you make the connections yourself, either guided by a curatorial hand or as you're making your own connections. And just because we have them either night to night or month to month or within a series, or even over a 12 or 15 month time period, those connections can be made so it's continuing to grow and and build on itself. Um, We've got three logos up here representing ideas, film availability, and cost. Uh, More than perhaps any other part of this museum, we are sort of caught between art and commerce. Uh, Certainly, uh, the the, the legend that I tell to uh, students of the L. Jeffrey Selzen School of Film Preservation when they come in, and I was the the cataloger in the department for 15 years before moving into this position, so I have a pretty good idea of what's in the collection is that uh, for photography exhibits, their inspection process happens somewhat like this. I'm simplifying. So you pick up a photograph, you look at it, you look at the back, make some notes, and you're done. And that exhibition lasts for three months. Here, in the moving image department with the Dryden Theater, if we're inspecting a film print, uh, I know that for one of the nitrate prints that uh, we are pre-screening for the next Nitrate Picture Show next June. Spencer spent at least 30 hours inspecting that print for an 80 minute film. So it's, it's almost completely reversed in terms of the work process and the length of the exhibition. So it's, it's different and also all of that labor then turns into cost and how much is that going to balance against the, the benefit that we get for getting these things in. So. Um, to start with we've got ideas. Where do ideas come from? Well it's sort of asking an author where does he get his ideas it's the idea is the seed but it's not really the work. the idea is the concept that, that someone has but all the work to make that actually happen is what the curation of a film series is about so we get uh, ideas from our audiences so occasionally there are, points in time where I can say, hey that's a good idea, we haven't shown that in a while, I can either fit that into a series or drop that in on an extra date that we have. Uh, Some of the films that we show are based on the season, certainly you're going to get a larger audience for a Christmas film in November and December than you would in June. Uh, Halloween films or horror films play better at uh, that time, Valentine's Day of course you have. Summer has its own sort of uh, feeling. People, you want to have somewhat more popular films or p- films that people recognize to bring them in and the, during the summer because it's so beautiful outside. Unless you want some air conditioning, it takes a little bit more to, to bring them in. Uh, we do have exhibitions that we pair with uh, very often. So with the uh, Warner Brothers exhibition, we had three shows of 35 millimeter Warner Brothers animated shorts, which we were able to fit in just before we closed, including one on the opening night and two more the following week, uh, which was fantastic. For the upcoming Voyages exhibition, I've been working very diligently with uh, Jonathan Anderson and Edwin Lowe, who are the artists that are going to be featured in the exhibit, in bringing together a series that is available, and that's very um, tough with this particular series, but that also represents... Not just the images that they have on the wall, but also the spirit of that and bringing that to the screen. How does that translate to the moving image? Their still images have a certain sense to them. How does that translate into the films that that we see on screen? Uh, We have several collaborations with uh, institutions that are in the Rochester area. Uh, Certainly there are film festivals that come here either to rent a space or to to work with us at the Dryden Theatre Uh, the Image Out Film Festival the Jewish Film Festival uh, the Take One Film Festival the Polish Film Festival we work with all of these people in trying to bring in something that is appropriate to our audience while also helping them Uh, sometimes they rent the space and they take all of the profits sometimes we split it and split the cost and we split the the benefit for us and then there are the conceptual series this is really where I get to sort of dig down and, and do some deep thinking, some some, um, deep dives into the film history and and bring out something. Um, There are several different types of series. There's um, sort of filmographic series. You can go through uh, a director or an actor or maybe just want to salute someone, such as we lost a few uh, people that were important to the history of motion pictures this past year, including Doris Day. So we've got a little focus on her coming up in October, as well as focus on a few more people (coughs) later on. Um, But then there are series where you can really sort of expand a concept beyond that. Um, David Bordwell came out with a book in 2017, uh, based on the 40s, and films that really took new uh, techniques of storytelling. And because it was such a successful period, They were able to do this without much control from the studios because everything was making money. So you can try whatever you want and by the end of the 40s that really came down. But it started new ways of thinking about storytelling, particularly in the motion picture industry. And um, so we did a a series of 10 films based on each of his chapters uh, that explored one of these techniques going forward. Um, in the, after that, we did uh, Clint Eastwood as a director. So not just as an actor, but what did he bring to the screen with his directorial vision? What sort of themes could we see from film to film? And we played his first film and one of his latest films and, and see the growth and the themes that he was looking at there. And then one of my favorites was a series we did in the, the early part of the year called Shooting at Eighty. So there are very few directors that are able to continue their career past the age of 80 years old. And uh, whether it's Kurosawa, or it is Eastwood, or uh, Manuel de Oliveira, who you can't do a film series of directors shooting after 80 years old without him, because he worked until he was something like 105. And about half of his film work was after he was 80 years old. Um, So it's Exploring these films side by side and seeing if there's any themes that come out of uh, people that are uh, of an advanced age who are still making vital and making films, and what they have to say. And what we found was that, you know, it's not exactly the same. Some were very elegiac. Some were, you know, still very vibrant and hard hitting. And, and uh, it was it was very interesting to go through that. So that's where I do that. And of course, there are distributors. We do play uh, newer films here in the theater and we have several people that are emailing me on a weekly basis asking, hey, can you play this film? Hey, can you play this film? Um, These are mostly independent distributors or smaller distributors. We're not talking about uh, Sony and Warner Brothers who are calling me and asking if I can play uh, the newest Bond film. Um, These are smaller distributors, usually foreign or independent films that are trying to get some sort of release that are looking for a home for it. And another thing that I like to emphasize is that, especially for a city this size, this film culture here in Rochester is very, very strong. Um, With the number of film festivals that we have, the fact that we have an art house theater just a mile down the road, the fact that we have a repertory theater in the Dryden that is dedicated to showing film in its original form as much as possible, the fact that we have second-run theaters and and many of the mainstream uh, multiplexes that that bring all sorts of um, great treats to our eyes, Uh, the fact that we have all this is really something to treasure. Um, And we have a great working relationship between the Dryden and the Little Theater. Uh, We often communicate back and forth to see who's playing what, and between the two of us, we want these films to have as many showings as possible. So if I know the little is going to get something, and even for a week they're going to get 12 or 14 shows out of it, that's great because I can only give them one or two with my program. Uh, with the repertory program that we have, these newer films, if they can get more money, it encourages them to make more films just like that. And We all know that the, the middling film is sort of disappearing. It's all very small, independent, or it's a very large blockbuster. So, to give these films as much support as possible is great. So I made a list of the distributors, the independent distributors, that I have personally worked with uh, in the last 12 or 14 months since I've been in here. You can see that we've had at least one film from all of these distributors, and most of these come in the form of Rochester premieres. Um, so Wellgo Entertainment was someone that we hadn't worked with before, but they brought us uh, Lee Chang Dong's Burning. Which we showed in January, and then the little picked up for a limited run after us. Uh, Magnolia was a slightly larger one, but they brought us shoplifters. So it's working with these uh, independent distributors uh, in terms of getting ideas for what comes in that I can plug in here and there to fill out not only our mission of bringing world cinema to the Rochester audience, but also. Uh, bringing of uh, diverse voices beyond just what we have in our collection. And this does not even include the independent filmmakers such as Matthew White, who brought us uh, The House of Stromzo, or John Murphy and O'Murcu from Ireland, who brought us Photo City in December, or pa- Paul Anton Smith, we showed his film Have You Seen My Movie in March. So there are directors that handle the movies themselves and, and try to distribute them as well that we work with. And some of the ones that are out that I haven't worked with yet are Oscilloscope, Drafthouse, Agfa, which is the American Genre Film Archive, Kimstim, so there's even more out there. Um, there's this wonderful app that I have on my phone called Letterboxd, just like you would spell except without that last E. And it allows you to track the films that you've seen, most of the films that you've seen, some of them are too small to have uh, shown up on their uh, app. but. Um, I started tracking films May 23rd of last year, so I made sure to check back a year later. Uh, I watched over 400 films uh, during that time, uh, both at work and outside work hours, in order to choose these films that are going into uh, the program. So you figure uh, 50 weeks at five films a week, we're showing about 250 films a year, so I have to watch beyond that in order to make a decision about what to bring into the program itself. So, um, we also need to work with print availability. So the idea is great, but as I say, the work that goes into making sure that we can get that print here and to make sure that it's in good enough shape to show is, is very difficult. So we try to, as I'll get into the cost later, uh, use about 50% of our program from our own collection. Luckily we have 28,000 titles in our archives here, but that you know, goes all the way from single home movies up to the original negatives for Gone with the Wind or The Wizard of Oz. Um, not all of those that we can use, those negatives, the preprint material, fine-grained masters or master positives, we can't use that. So the number of actual prints that we can use go down, but It's 35 millimeter and it's 16 millimeter. Um, We try to, as I say, use as much 35 millimeter as possible because as these films were produced on this material, that's exactly how we want it to be seen. Even if it's a later print, we feel that that experience, the quality of the 35 millimeter film is is a much greater experience than the reduction print of a 16 millimeter print. Now, that doesn't always uh, work out. Uh, particularly as we were putting together the Silent Tuesday series uh, again this fall, which will be coming back on the 15th, I believe. That's the first public screening. Um, there were a lot of 16 millimeter prints. There's a new uh, professor teaching the class that uh, correlates to the Silent Tuesday series. And she's coming from Chicago and we had long discussions about exactly what it was we wanted to do with this silent film series.